In the scriptures, in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, it says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Now, whether your marriage is in a difficult time today or maybe a beautiful one, we want to encourage you to make the most of the season you're in. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley, and they're in charge of our marriage ministry here at Focus on the Family. And uh, Aaron, as you work with other couples, you're a counselor, so you do this day in, day out. How do you encourage couples to remember that seasons come and seasons go? It's so important, because when you're in the middle of a real difficult, dark, tragic season, it's it can consume you, and you can begin to believe this is never going to end. The truth is, it does. And it's even amazing to me, week to week with working with couples, one week will be a really hard session. The next week, they'll come in with all these insights. And, you know, it's a new season in essence. And so what I often will encourage couples to do is to, A, recognize that marriage is this journey. We're going to have the highs, the lows, the peaks, the valleys. But also to remember when we are recovering from one of those those dark seasons, to remember what God has done and how did we how did we recover or what did we do that helped during that season because as we look back and we remember like whoa look at what we did look at what we how we conquered that season then when we hit it again because we will there's the highs and the lows and guess what and a low is going to come eventually that look at looking back and going okay that's what worked last time we recovered from that we can do this mm-hmm. and we're going to keep striving and working to do to recover yeah. and to stay connected and to grow because of it. I appreciate that. Well, let's go ahead and um, hear from Deborah Faleta. She is a counselor. She spoke with Jim Daly and me about uh, this concept of seasons that marriages go through. And uh, here she is now describing things that we can learn as we walk through various seasons. Yeah, they don't know. They don't happen at the same time. They don't look the same for each couple. But the beauty is that each season has the power to reveal something about your relationship, about you. Each season has the power to help you make or break your relationship, depending on how you choose to navigate that season. And that's why they're so important for us to recognize. If we're not aware of them, we can't take advantage of them. Another aspect, and this is all groundwork, and we will get to the definition of the seasons and start to talk about them practically in marriage, but regardless of what season of marriage we're in, it's critical for us to identify unhealthy patterns of our own behavior. And in fact, you outlined three personality types of people who uh, give too much. What are they? Hmm. Well, before we get into that, I think it's important to back up and explain that in the season of spring, one of the defining moments is the growth. Spring is a season of growth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the time in your relationship when things begin to grow and stretch and expand. But you can't have growth without give and take, give and take, right? And that's where some people get stuck. And these personalities really make you get stuck if you're not careful. Because we've got people on one side who give too much, And then we've got people on the other side who give too little. And if you've got one of those people in your relationship or maybe both, it's going to inhibit how you grow. When you look at humanity, though, I would think that that is the issue. I mean, the Lord is even instructing us to love our neighbor as ourselves. I think that kind of fits in that space of a person who, because of how they grew up or the, you know, the things that they learned. 
They either are givers or takers, right. another way to say that, emotionally. Right. Uh, so describe, go ahead and describe those types again so we fully understand that. Yeah. You know, on one side of the spectrum, you have someone who gives too much. And I think before we can just simply say, well, stop giving too much. You know, that's, it, it's easy to say that. Well, just stop giving too much. But you have to get to the root of why a person gives too much in order to help them stop giving too much. So what, about, when, what about the person, the Christian, who says, well, it's godly to be on that side of the equation. I give even when it hurts to give. Right. I think some people uh, misunderstand and they view um, selflessness as passivity. They kind of mistake the two. They're being passive, but they actually think they're being selfless. And you brought up the scripture just now that says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I think Jesus could have said, love your neighbor more than you love yourself. Love your neighbor, but don't love yourself. Mm -hmm. But the command is clear. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's an equality there. To me, that represents an important give and take. Mm -hmm. And so why do people give too much? Well, there's many different reasons, but sometimes... You know, because of how you were raised, your family of origin, maybe you grew up in a family where you were kind of the one that was keeping the peace. And so you grow up with chaos and your job is to control the chaos. So you become the rescuer. I'm going to save everybody. That's my job. That's my role. And you take that role into your romantic relationships. You give too much because you're rescuing people. And maybe you even engage in unhealthy relationships or maybe you're a people pleaser. You grow up in a family or in experiences where you want everyone to be happy. You're trying to control the emotional atmosphere. And then in your romantic relationships, you become someone that pleases people. Or maybe you're insecure. Maybe you grow up sort of feeling this insecurity underlying and you get your value from the relationships that you engage in. So you become a person who goes into romantic relationships feeling insecure and feeling that you have to give and give and give and give in order to be loved. Mm -hmm. And these things, sometimes we're not even conscious of those triggers, those behaviors that are uh, kind of putting us in that position of being a giver, a taker, or what have you, right? Sometimes we don't even notice that we're doing it. We don't know why that we're doing it. And this is why, you know, I'm going to toot the horn of counseling. Obviously, I'm a counselor, but I really believe that there is power in getting to the root of why we do what we do. I think a lot of times in our faith-based culture, we just want to snip the weed. This is unhealthy. Let's just get this out of my life. We try to snip it and it grows back because we're not getting to the root of why it's there. We're not getting to those, what, whether it be childhood wounds, yeah, what makes me behave sins like and this. struggles, what makes me behave like this and how yeah. do I change my behavior? Which is part of why I'm sure you wrote the book, right? You saw this pattern over and over again in your practice. I really like this concept that Deborah is talking about because I've typically thought of seasons as kind of fixed and sequential and so now we're in this season and, you know, the good days are behind us. That's a lie. Uh, the good days are now and ahead of us in some respects. So that fluidity of the seasons that come and go is really important. And her point about making every season count. So, Greg, um, you counsel people all the time, couples all the time. So you've got a couple in front of you and it's a winter season for them. How in the world do you encourage them to say this season can count uh, to help us grow in our marriage. Yeah, I think it's so important to help a couple identify what does winter actually mean for them. 
Because for some, this kind of winter season happens because there's a problem. There's some big challenge. Like we talked about on a previous episode that, that when, when our oldest daughter got divorced, it really launched kind of the whole family into a very winter. So that was based on a, a very specific issue, divorce, you know, so it can be related to some sort of big problem, big challenge. And it's important for them to really understand what that is. But a winter season can also be the result of a very slow fade, mm-hmm. a very slow disconnect. Yeah. Our, our, you know, the honeymoon season typically for most couples lasts about two and a half years. And then we kind of enter into a little bit of predictable routine. And for some couples, it just becomes boring. They get involved in other things and they lose interest. And all of a sudden they've they've faded to the point that it feels like, a big problem. It feels mm-hmm. like a winter season. Yeah. We'll see. Those are two very, very different reasons behind why they're in that winter season. So I think it's important for the couple to first understand why. Why are we feeling like we're in this winter season? Well, and and you might be experiencing what Greg is talking about and what Deborah described earlier. Um, you might be experiencing a, a cold, distant time, but you're not alone. Uh, Focus on the Family is here to help. We have all sorts of great resources. And our frontline resources for you is our team of counselors who are a phone call away. And um, what you'll do is either call us or reach out to us via the web. Details in just a moment. We'll set up a time for a callback from them. And they'll give you 20, 25 minutes of time just to think through where are you at and how do you move forward in the relationship. And uh, donors make these counselors possible. This is one of our hidden assets that few people know about, but it's a great tool. They get thousands of calls a month. You are not going to surprise them. They are trained, they're caring, they're biblical in their approach. Call 800, the letter A in the word family, or we'll have the link in the episode notes as well. Uh, to reach out to our counselors. Also, if you're in a good spot and you would like to help Focus on the Family continue to reach out and encourage marriages, um, make a donation today. Uh, We're listener-supported, so uh, make a monthly pledge of any amount or a one-time gift. It may be that you can send $10 or $15, whatever it is. Um, Make a donation, and we'll send Deborah Filet's book, Love in Every Season. That's so helpful. And it might be something you want to go through in a small group or you want to pass on to somebody. Maybe something good for a newlywed couple to get. So they know what to expect when, as Greg said, the shine kind of wears off after a couple of years. Uh, So find out how to donate, get that book, and to connect with a counselor, or just explore resources. All sorts of great links have been compiled, and our producer will put those in the show notes. And uh, if I may, when you have a moment, if you've not done so yet, leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. That always helps people find these podcasts and uh, right now we have about a half million downloads a month and so uh, help us increase that number and expand the ministry uh, by taking a moment or two to uh, leave your comments. Well, uh, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of the Smallies and the rest of the team, thanks for joining us today for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.